breaking news, Taco the Towners. Your chance to eat tacos and win prizes on the KCK Taco Trail is coming to an end. That's right. You have until the end of December to get in all your taco eating and taco prizes. The current KCK Taco Trail promotion ends December 31st, 2022. So if you're close to finishing the trail, you only have until the end of the year to win all the fabulous taco prizes. What's the KCK Taco Trail? Well, it's a flavor-filled experience through more than 50 taquerias in Kansas City, Kansas. You can download your free KCK Taco Trail Pass today to find your way to the tastiest tacos in Kansas City. What are you waiting for? Get started today at kcktacotrail.com. And while you're out there on the trail eating all the KCK tacos, I would suggest picking up some gift certificates and gift cards from your favorite KCK Taco Trail taco spot. They make great holiday stocking stuffers. You have until December 31st to win all the prizes. What are you waiting for? Get started today at kcktacotrail.com. Welcome back to Taco the Town, the podcast where it's always Taco Tuesday. I'm your host, Dave, and I'm a man on a mission. And that mission is to eat at all of the tasty, tacorific taco spots in this tantalizingly taco-tastic taco town, Kansas City, Missouri, and Kansas. We are the only Kansas City podcast that is feeding its guests tacos and feeding its listeners taco knowledge. Yes, we are conquering the Kansas City tacoverse. One taco, sometimes two tacos, most of the time three or four tacos at a time. We'll be joined by special guests who will share their favorite taco places and taco memories with us. We're going to share some stories, share some laughs, and most importantly, share some tacos. Some Kansas City tacos. Welcome to Taco the Town. Taco the Town. I am back from my Thanksgiving break. It was an extended Thanksgiving break, and I'm so happy to be back talking tacos with you. I took a little break to go skiing in Breckenridge, Colorado, and and there's only four things in life, if you know me, that I love. It's love, hip-hop, tacos, and skiing. And the one thing I can tell you is tacos are hard to come by in the Colorado mountains. So I had to get out of there toot sweet. We are going to end 2022 with a bang here on Taco the Town. We hope you're ready for a luge of taco talk heading your way. Let's find out what taco place we're going to be reviewing this week. This week's taco destination is 
Rancho Grande Cantina. With three Kansas City locations, we're going to be reviewing the Parkville location located at 11015 Northwest Highway 45. There's a location in Liberty, also a location in Blue Springs. This Rancho Grande is very close to our heart because we first reviewed them long ago on our second episode of Taco the Town. And this location is where the idea for Taco the Town, the seed, if you will, was planted in the mind of one W. David Keith. Let's meet this week's special taco reviewer guests. My guests this week are members of the Kansas City rock group Sun Eaters, Chris Lost and Scott Hartley. Sun Eaters just released their newest album, Absinthe Makes the Heart Grow Fingers, on Lotus Pool Records. It's always fun to sit down with the band to talk tacos, enchiladas, mirth, and music. We're going to be playing a little game here tonight on Taco the Town for the first time. Will it catch on? Is it a fun game? I don't know. Let's give it a try. We're going to be playing a new podcast game with our guests this week. We're calling it the Overused Podcasting Phrase Game. Before the show, my guests were given secret, individual, overused podcasting phrases, and their task is to work those phrases into this week's episode. Whoever uses their secret overused podcasting phrase the most wins the secret overused podcasting phrases are let's see if you can spot them deep dive and unpack as in let's unpack that or that's a lot to unpack keep tabs at home and let me know who wins and then mail me a letter telling me who you think won the contest tonight listen for it have fun who knows make it a drinking game here's my conversation with chris and scott on location at rancho grande in Parkville. All right, here we are at a very special location with some very special guests tonight. We are at Rancho Grande, a very special location. This is the return to the rancho, and I am joined by two members of our in-house band. What, what, what's your, what would you call your relationship with, with the uh, show Taco the Town? Scott and Chris from Sun Eaters. Inspiration. We pull a lot of inspiration from you. I think about this a lot and I'd like to unpack the idea that we draw a lot of power and energy from this podcast. It propels us forward. Yeah, we're like your children. We're like came from your womb and when we came out you ate the placenta <laughs> that was attached to us. Oh, okay. And that placenta was made of tacos. <laughs> and it kind of looked like a taco salad shell. Yeah. Is that funny? I have placenta pills in my freezer right now from when my seven year old daughter was born. Really? We had the placenta dried and then chopped up into small little pieces and then packed into these uh, little capsules, which was supposed to help with postpartum depression. But when we started to unpack that, we found that it. It's actually just taking a lot of space in our freezer, not really going anywhere. Oh, so when you started to, you're like, let's unpack this. Right. Mm -hmm. That's exactly what I said. And they're just still in your freezer? Still in our freezer. Yeah, we never really effectively applied the placenta pills as we should. But every time I'm feeling a little down, I always look at the placenta pills and think, maybe it's that time. You should take one. I should take one. (laughs) Like every time your kid gets you down, you should just... Have a postpartum pill. <laughs> have a postpartum, postpartum placenta. placenta. Pill? We call that a P3 in my house. <laughs> postpartum. Oh, placenta. that's like those little packs. Those little protein pack things. Right. It's a P4. A right. Postpartum placenta pack. P4. 
pill. Pal. Pill pack. Pal. <laughs> now, Scott, you wrote the theme, you yourself, on the keyboard, you wrote on the wheels of steel, you wrote the theme to Taco the Town. A lot of people don't know that. It's very, uh, it's a, people love this song. They even love the different versions you've made of it. Is that right? Yeah. Well, it's good to hear that. It's good to hear that I've had an impact uh, on somebody's life, that it just wasn't me sort of masturbating <laughs> orally. <laughs> And, and hoping that somebody out there captures it. Orally masturbating. It really conjures an image. Guys, Orally with an A. Guys, we're off to a great start here at Rancho Grande tonight uh, on Taco of the Town. AKA, oral, oral masturbation is a.k.a. what we call a deep dive. Deep dive. Oh, a deep, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that is a deep dive. You guys just performed live on another podcast. You, you did a, a live performance on Bigfoot Collectors Club podcast, correct? Right. We, are the, we do the theme music for three podcasts. For Taco the Town, Bigfoot Collectors Club, and then my friend Kevin Schmidt has a sports podcast that I don't think continues anymore, but we did do, they, they used help for that, so yeah. Did I, the theme song, was that the reason the podcast was canceled? No, the podcast was canceled because my friend Kevin moved from sports to uh, news journalism. Oh, dang. Took a step up. Dang. In the, in the, in the So we have an opening if anybody has a podcast that... <laughs> We can put together a song for you. Any song you want to use for your podcast, yep. just let us know. Well, the, you have yes. a whole new album that just dropped, what, last month? We're full of songs that could be theme songs for podcasts. <laughs> that's true. Well, that's why we put together albums. Hopefully that somebody with a podcast will pick one up. <laughs> the album's called Sun Eaters for Songs for Podcasts. <laughs> so <laughs> go look for it on Spotify. Add it to your Spotify playlist, please. Now, it's it's actually called, it actually has a really fun name. It's called Sun Eaters for Absinthe Makes the Heart Grow Fingers, correct? Correct, yeah. Now, where did that name come up? Who came up with that name? That is a fun name for an album. I came up with it, but there's a story of defeat around this album title. That was a song title. And then the album title that Scott and I had kind of settled on was When Life Gives You Piss, Make Lemonade. But I... I chickened out. I I couldn't have that be the album title. I thought it was too negative. Scott was all for it. I couldn't do it. I feared that like if we unpacked it too much, that we get a little backlash from from those who love lemonade. That's a lot to unpack. <laughs> That's a lot to unpack. It That's is a lot, lot of to piss unpack. to unpack. <laughs> so anyway, yes, and we did perform. We should. You asked a question. We didn't answer it. We performed on the Bigfoot Collectors Club live simulcast this evening. Dave shot our performance video and handily fixed a tremendous technical crisis in the midst of shooting the video. So fantastic job, Dave. Thank there was you. almost. Uh, there, oh my goodness, guys! Our tacos are already oh, yeah. here. Wow. Oh wow, we got we got tacos. We got enchiladas. I think we're gonna have to do a segment called Whole Lot of Enchilada tonight. Is this where we unveil the new segment of the show, Whole Lot of Enchilada? It's perfect. You need queso. That's all I got. Okay. Now, what did everybody order? We got enchiladas. We got tacos. We got puffy tacos. We got crispy tacos. We got soft tacos. We got guacamole on my shirt. We got guacamole on shirts. I ordered the Rancho Grande, which comes with two enchiladas, a beef taco, and then something else. Quesadilla, maybe? I don't know. I got the uh, chorizo quesadilla, a chicken, and a beef hard taco. Now, Scott, you were asking me what a puffy taco was. Did you order the puffy taco that was no, on the I menu? Was, I was afraid, okay. to be honest with you. If I were to impact that a little more, I'd 
find some deep-seated neuroses against pop, puppy tacos. Should we uh, should we start eating this? I mean, we're all very hungry, right? I mean, we got a lot of tacos here. It's 9 o'clock. We haven't eaten all night. <laughs> it's time to eat. Now, Chris, you originally, we did Rancho Grande on your episode way back in the first, what, three? The second episode, second episode of, of Taco of the, Town, of the yeah. Town. We're back here. How has Rancho Grande stayed in your life these past five years? Do you come here still? Is it still one of your favorite spots? It is. I I, um, when I want to get lit, as the kids say, I'll come over here to Rancho Grande because the bartender remembers me, and he's very he, he, he's a generous, poor kind of fella, and he makes a killer margarita, and if you order more than one, I think they escalate in uh, potency. So I would say be careful. Make sure you have a designated driver. Make sure you got an Uber on your phone. Plenty of places to leave your car for the evening. Don't drive home after a few of these margaritas. That's what I like about Mexican restaurants. Plenty of places to leave your car. (laughs) (laughs) Plenty of spots out there. Great. I'm I'm just saying. That's a great parking lot out there too. Uh, Very well lit. Well lit. As you're getting lit, the parking lot is lit, too. There's a Karma Fresh right right next door. And if you like buffalo wings, Owl's is right down down the block, too. We're at the location in Parkville. Is this the closest taco restaurant to your home? It is. And, you know, I've told some stories about Al's on this podcast. I think Al's, we may have some Al's listeners on this podcast, and I just want to say um, I love you, Al. Salute. God bless you. I've had a, nothing but fun hanging out at your bar, except for when I went for the Bills-Titans game this year, and the Bills just absolutely destroyed the Titans. It was an embarrassment beyond embarrassments. Dave's enjoying his taco So far, what's everyone's thoughts on these tacos? I mean... It's hard to say. I'm so hungry and I'm eating the soul out of this taco and it's it's, uh, doing me good. Enchilada, I'm kind of anxious about the enchilada. I know chorizo can be sort of dangerous at times, but I live on the edge. If I were to unpack that, I'd say it's probably a, a bad idea for me to push the boundaries like that. Always a lot to unpack with enchiladas, you know? Yeah, who knows what you're going to get. could be violent. It could be pleasant. No, I got a chorizo taco. You think I'm good? I think that's a safe I think move? you're okay. Okay. Yeah. I think you're all right. Is it spicy? Got a little kick to it? I don't know. Let me try that. Now, Chris, one, another reason why I wanted to do the episode here tonight is because do you remember the night Uh-oh. here at Rancho Grande? Where you asked me the question, Dave, you eat a lot of tacos. You should probably do a taco review column in the local penny saver. And that's what sparked the idea to do Taco the Town. Is that how you remember it? (laughs) This was 1987? Was that? And that's why penny saver went out of business. (laughs) No, I do want to say... We're, you know, we're kind of smart asses. Sun eaters are smart asses. We're taking a smart ass tone to this podcast. Uh, I do want to say sincerely, I absolutely remember that moment. Dave and I were sitting at the bar. I love Dave. He's fun, one of the funniest people I know, one of the most creative people I know. I did absolutely make that observation. We've we've mythologized it over time. I don't know if that's a word, but we've turned it into mythology over time. But that absolutely happened. We were sitting right over there at the edge of the bar, being tended to by the person who's tending bar tonight, the guy who escalates the potency of the drinks as you have them. And that was my suggestion. I didn't I didn't suggest podcasts. I think I suggested some sort of news outlet, an article in a paper. Because, you know, I grew up 
in the olden times. I was a newsie when I was a child. I had one of those caps. You're a newspaper guy. Yeah. You Newspapers and the print media is in your blood. I was yeah. a newspaper man in Branson, Missouri. <laughs> yeah, you were. You actually wrote for a newspaper. Yeah, I wrote for a newspaper. Did you have a little press cap? Like the cap that has a little press... I had uh, a badge. That you had a badge. Press on. I interviewed the Osmond's uh, parents at one point. Did you meet Soji Tabuchi down there? Of course, yeah. His wife was notorious. She was a difficult person. Oh, really? Yeah. His daughter was difficult, too. Um, the wife was very difficult on male dancers. Oh, my. Like she, exotic? And when you say difficult on male dancers, what, what does difficult mean? Can you define difficult? She, she really uh, appreciated their art. <laughs> she, she wanted to further their art. There goes our chance in the music business. There goes art. N- nice job. <laughs> there goes art. The chorizo here, here I'm just going to say it. This it is good. Very good. Yeah. How's that chorizo good. enchilada? It's very good. It's um, It's got a little bit of strength behind it. It's got okay. some pull behind it. Uh, I'm enjoying it tremendously right now. I'm about halfway through it. Wish I wasn't halfway through it. Wish I was not at all through it at all. You want to start over. It was so good. Right? Absolutely, yeah. I wish I had never tried this before so that I could try it for the first time. In fact, I wish I had both of your mouths right now because you've never tried this enchilada. If I'm, I had both of I'm your mouths... I'm on ma- my second enchilada. Oh, you're on your second <laughs> enchilada. Now, Scott, I got to ask this question. Is that a whole lot of enchilada? Da, 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 da. Yeah. <laughs> You'd say yes? I would say yeah. Chris, yeah. you're into your second enchilada. Were those enchiladas a whole lot of Enchilada. A whole lot of enchilada. Carlotta well, enchilada. Not to, not to sort of further do a deep dive. Do you have rice? Oh, you're going yeah, oh, to do a deep dive? On this table situation. Oh, okay. We're back on the table. <laughs> <laughs> um, I like that you eat the rice. I never eat the rice. Well, what are you supposed to do with it? Just ignore it. Oh, you think it's you think it's like parsley? You know, I eat parsley. I ignore <laughs> I ignore the rice. I usually ignore the rice it's a, too. It's a useless garnish. Scott, you know what I'm noticing? Remember on your first episode on Taco the Town, we had the big lettuce debate. You were like lettuce on a taco, take it or leave it. I, I could take it or leave it. I don't think it belongs on there. You were right. I still feel that way. And I'm looking at your your plate here. I'm seeing a whole lot There's of lettuce. There's a lot of lettuce. You left a whole the, lot of lettuce. You did you shake it off the taco, or is it just I how it laid? Flicked it off a little bit. You flicked it. Okay. It was sort of uh, a an annoyed flick. Yeah, but it, I got a plate full of lettuce right now. You still pretty strong on the whole no lettuce on my taco I don't know. thing? No, I'm just you know. Well, look at all that lettuce. I'm not having whatever that is. Oh wow, you're not going to eat that taco? Here, that's not a taco. That's something else. Oh, that's your tostada, isn't it? Knock you ordered a tostada. Out. I just ordered the yeah. I ordered the rancho. Fold in half. It's a taco. Exactly. Uh-huh. Exactly. Everything in some way is a taco. Just fold it. Yeah. Just fold it up. It depends on how many times you fold it, which makes it a taco. In right. the multiverse, an enchilada becomes a taco. Right. Oh no, sorry. What was that? A tostada becomes a taco. Do they have such a thing as an enchilada taco? Is that even possible? I think if you folded an enchilada about three or four times, you could have a taco out of it. It's like an origami taco. It'd be kind of uh, messy though, right? Yes. A little, little drippy. Yes. Chris, you were going to continue the, the the table conversation. What, ha- what Where does it go from there? I forgot the point <laughs> I was trying to make with my deep dive, so my apologies. You need to dive a little deeper. On I, I should have dove... I should have dove deeper. We're going to have to do a deep dive on that. We'll have to do on a deep the, dive on... I'll tell you what. We have a lot to unpack. Yeah, we do have a lot to unpack. I am I am officially 
senile. I mean, it, oh, is, really? it has happened. I it's mean, kicked in? I, it's kicked in. I've lost my mind, absolutely. So I appreciate you humoring me by letting me be on your podcast, Tim. This no, is- no, no problem. <laughs> well, guys, um, your album, Absinthe oh, yeah. Sun Eaters. Sun Eaters 4, which is your seventh album, but it's Sun Eaters 4, right? Correct. Yeah. I think right. that, that math is correct. Tell us a little bit about the album. What's the theme? What kind of songs are on there? Can we expect some hijinks on there? What, what's, what's it like? What's guess, it all about? You know, this is the album that we spoke the least about what it was supposed to be about. Because you always have themes. Like, one of your albums was about love. Right. One of your albums was about death. One of the albums was about the sun. One of the albums was about the... Every song was about the sun. Right. Um, and this one is about this one. This one we said. Um, I think we had, we read like a bad review, and we said, "Let's uh, let's just write a record where we're not genre hopping, and we're playing the music that we used to play when we were in high school. And it's short songs, fun songs. What our perception of is easy to digest songs is. I think that's as much as we talked about it, or what, what do we talk about? Yeah, we didn't really it? chart it out uh, very well. We didn't really sit down and say, this is the theme. Um, just sort of a, a mix of things that sort of mirror what influenced us when we were kids and, you know, you didn't have access to streaming music. You had to sort of guess what you were going to listen to and hopefully it worked out and sometimes it didn't and sometimes it did. And by the stuff that worked out and that you were attracted to, you kind of ingested those influences and this is us sort of regurgitating those influences. And that sort of like song titles, smart-ass song titles, smart-ass album titles, like that really appealed to us. You know, that was a way to kind of make your music stick out when we were listening to SST and Touch and Go and Homestead and Twin Tone all those albums all those bands were very uh, intellectual not not to say that we're intellectual because uh, Scott is I'm not no. but, um, but our heroes were and so we tried to lean lean in that direction you just had your um, Lotus Pool Records 30th anniversary party where you guys performed. How'd that show go? I remember it was kind of a kind of a sensitive night because that was the night Gallagher died. Right. And we were all kind of on on pins and needles. Remember that? That was hard. Do you want to talk about Gallagher a little bit before we talk? Do about I want the to show? talk about Gallagher? I could talk. I, I need a whole podcast to talk about. Gallagher. You have a lot to unpack. Yeah. Talk about Gallagher. This is a segment of this episode called Scott Talks to Us About Gallagher. <laughs> Floor is yours, Scott. Yeah, do it. Go for it. I can't say enough about Gallagher. Um, what I was thinking about the other day was the time that Frank Zappa appeared on Make Me Laugh. And, and Gallagher was one of the comedians who tried to make Frank Zappa laugh. And I don't know if you know much about Frank Zappa, but it's impossible to make Frank Zappa laugh unless you tell like a poop joke. And it's, it's the poop jokes that really push Zappa over the edge. Well, Gallagher made the mistake of not telling the poop joke. He had his props. He did his carrot top sort of thing. Zappa never cracked. No surprise there. Uh, but at that point, I saw sort of the brilliance behind what Gallagher was doing. He was challenging. He was he was a, a complex man. He, uh, he brought out the worst in people. He brought out the best in people. He was somebody that, you know, I find to be a real... Uh, influence in my life. Gallagher, unfortunately, did die on, on the night of the 30th anniversary of Lotus Pool. It did sort of cast a shadow over the event. Um, unfortunately, when we 
notified the crowd from the stage nobody knew who Gallagher was because they realized most of the people were under 50 years old and and well, more, more I people. remember there was a gasp you were like R.I.P. Gallagher and everybody went oh, oh. more people knew who Gallagher was than Harry Styles though I was impressed with that nobody more people knew who Gallagher was than knew who the Sun Eaters were <laughs> well that's true oh yeah you guys had a whole segment of your show where you started to talk about Harry Styles for about 10 we, minutes Scott and I went to see um, Scott and I flew to Los Angeles to see Harry Styles in concert and it was amazing. It was uh, the closest thing to being invisible that we could ever be. We showed up at this arena, the Kia Arena. Was it yeah. the Kia Arena? No, the great, Forum. Great Former logo. Forum, Kia where Forum. the Lakers used to play. And there were no male bathrooms inside the building. They had basically reduced, they had converted all male bathrooms in the building to female bathrooms. And there were four male bathrooms on the four outside corners of the building. And it was the most peaceful and joyful concert going experience that Scott and I have ever experienced. Um, it was it was phenomenal. Just absolutely loved it. Yeah, it was it was a kind of and it was it was affirming seeing so many people so happy, so many girls so happy. And Chris is right. We, and you guys took it. your daughters, right? No, no, it was just us. <laughs> oh. No, there was a, it, there's a great story. <laughs> a friend of mine from work called me while I was in Los Angeles. And I told him I was in Los Angeles, and he he lives in San Francisco. He said, "You know, it's it's too bad because I'm going to be in Los Angeles tonight, but I'm going to be at the Harry Styles concert with my 12 year old daughter. Too bad we can't see one another." I said, "Oh, contraire, my friend, <laughs> I will be at the Harry Styles concert tonight with my 52 year old friend. I will be able to see you." And we did spend a, uh, a good moment catching up. He, his daughter, me. Oh, nice. Yeah. How great. close were your seats? Pretty close to the, oh, to yeah. the stage? Yeah, yeah they're, they're, they're really good. We could, we could see his tattoos. We sat behind Sarah Jones, and it was just great to watch Sarah. I got to try this, uh, this chorizo for, enchilada. Do a deep dive on that, that yeah. uh, enchilada. That shit. I'm going to unpack this. But, yeah, Sarah Jones is... is uh, his I drummer? Love, his drummer. I love her playing. And, you know, I'm a, I'm a gear nerd, as if anybody's ever heard... Sun Eaters, you can tell, we play with way too much gear, and uh, just love the way she works both electronics and acoustics into her kit. Now, how would you compare that show to the Eagles concert you recently attended? To Gigi Allen. <laughs> yeah, so if I were to, so I've never seen Gigi Allen, but I'd imagine that I would rank that one. Right. Second would be Harry Styles, and then very far, you know, a lot of white space between Harry and the Eagles. Like, the Eagles were great. Those guys, I cannot believe Don Henley can sing just as good as he could in the 80s. He can hit notes higher than I ever knew he could hit. Like, he was hitting notes higher than he's ever sang on albums. Did he sing some of his solo stuff, like Dirty Laundry? He did not. He did, oh. um, but he did do solo stuff. He did uh, Boys of Summer. I was going to ask him Nice. That. But I, which was fantastic because it sounded phenomenal, and I forgot how guitar-driven that song is. You know, I, you kind of think that whole album was all keyboards, it's not. That song's very guitar-driven. And then that, uh, I think there was like a trade-off between him and Joe Walsh, which led to Walsh being able to play Funk 49, which I was very excited about because it was phenomenal. And his guitar playing, I, I can't believe the man's fingers. They're just insane. I forgot to ask you. Yeah, you saw Joe Walsh for the first time in concert. I mean, he's one of your idols. 
Pretty good. Pretty I good show. I love Joe Walsh. Yeah. No, he was unbelievable. Singing, playing. You know, one of the great. One of the greats. The rest of those guys. Okay. Which one's dead? Glenn, Glenn Fry. Fry. Glenn Fry. Okay. And, and he's he been did replaced. Did he do? Yep. Okay. Which, HSO? Uh, he also does the song from Miami Vice, um, Smuggler's Blues. Oh, okay. Yeah. Great Glenn Fry song. Yeah. The Heat Is On. Heat Is On. On the Streets. Yeah. I think that's the same lyrics as Smuggler's Blues, though. It's all <laughs> it's all about something being on the street, you know. I just say to Toast He knows a lot about the street. He does. He's from Detroit, right? Oh, is he really? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's all right. Yeah. You're from Detroit. Detroit, know the street. Right. Yeah. Because there's a lot of roads and streets. There's nothing but streets in Detroit. <laughs> yeah. And they no know buildings them. left. I just ate a tostada with a spoon. <laughs> Pretty good. Pretty bean. Lots of beans in there, Chris. You missed out. Um, uh, just to do a quick movie review. Uh, like a deep dive? Yeah, I don't do deep dive on Detroit movies. Um, Eight Mile? I saw... Um, Barbarian, and I'll say uh, I'd much rather see Deep uh, Don't Breathe Two before I'd see Barbarian. So deep Dive Two. I recommend. Sorry, I didn't mean to say Deep Dive Two, <laughs> but I, I recommend Don't Breathe One and Don't Breathe Two over Barbarian. Is Don't Breathe the one where the people can't talk or the aliens hear them? No, that's oh. um, Don't. Breathe? That's The Office, I think. Right, Krasinski. Wait, what does right. this have to do with Detroit? Both are filmed in Detroit. Oh, okay. Barbarian was Detroit. Barbarian's great. You know, like it it really tried to go somewhere and then it it fell off the rails. And I was like, I wish they had and what's his name is fantastic in it. Justin Long. Justin Long who uh Joe Pesci? Joe well, the new Joe Pesci, <laughs> Justin Long. And he does A lot a, of people are saying that. A lot He's of He's the new Pesci. Look, I said it first and then a ton <laughs> of people said it after me. But Jeepers Creepers, man, so good in that. I don't know if everybody's Two two horror films, Jeepers Creepers and Pumpkinhead. If you have not seen these films, watch these movies. These are fantastic films. Justin Long is is only in Jeepers Creepers and Barbarian. Great Does he only it. do um, horror movies now? No, okay. I, don't, I, I don't know. But anyway, I loved what they were doing with him, and then it really kind of went off. It really went off the rails at some point. Now you guys watch a lot of movies. We went to a movie earlier this year. I would say it was one of the most amazing film-going experiences of the year. What was that movie we saw at Screenland Armor? Do you remember the name of it? It was a uh, Gaspar Noe film. I don't remember the Gaspar name. Gaspar Noe. It was only about 30, 45 minutes long. 27 minutes. 27 yeah. minutes. It was about witches, and 17 right? 17 minutes of it was strobes. Strobes. <laughs> <laughs> but it felt like more like two or three hours of strobes. I kind of wanted more strobe, though, like because yeah. the first part of it was terrible, and then once the strobe kicked in, I was like, I like this. Yeah. Yeah. It really, it really took off when. Yeah, the, you wanted the movie to end earlier than it did. The first ten minutes felt like an hour. Right. And then the last seventeen minutes felt like five seconds. Felt like three weeks. <laughs> <laughs> Screenland Armor, though, great place to see a flick. It's the only place. It's the only great place to see a flick now. Would you say that movie was one of your top films of 2022, no. or did, what no, was? I would never say that. What's the best movie you've seen so far this year that you remember? Oh, uh, that's easy. Top Gun Maverick. Oh, Top yeah. Gun Maverick. Yeah. The three of us I, saw I that together. That. Unbelievable yeah. film. What a great night. What a great uh -huh. film. Yeah. It, so good. All of its accolade, uh, accolades are uh, escalades are, uh, yeah. are yeah. Escalades. escalades. All the escalades. Yeah. Our Everglades are, are, are deserved. They're deserved. All the Everglades it hit all the sweet are, spots. It deserves all the every spots. Everglade it gets. It hits sweet spots. I didn't know I had sweet spots. I know. And Top Gun sucks. Like that Compared movie, to Maverick? No, just it sucks. It's a bad movie. And then Maverick like saved it. Completely rescued, <laughs> rescued Top Gun. 
What other movies from like 1986 need to have a sequel that have never had a sequel? Like um, the Warriors. Warriors. 1977, I guess. Right. Yeah. yeah and, and, and Tom Cruise looks exactly the same as he did in '86. That was kind of all weird. the Warriors guys do too. They yeah. look exactly. The same. Weren't they supposed to make a sequel to History of the World? The Mel Brooks part History two. Of the that was a joke was at the end two? of the movie. Yeah. Okay. So it was History of the World Part <laughs> One. And I'm still waiting for that. They had the trailer at the end of it. That was a joke. Okay. Like Hitler on Ice was a part of the joke. Um, I'm waiting for that. I'm loving this chorizo enchilada. I would say this is a whole lot of enchilada. It is a lot of chorizo enchilada. And it, it does have a kick to it, too. You know what you need to get? You need to get an enchilada with that enchilada. I do. You're right. Yeah. Well, that was the thing I wanted to do the deep dive on. I, I never realized that Led Zeppelin was paying tribute to um enchiladas no a uh, whole lot of love what's the whole lot of like uh isn't there like a buddy holly whole lot of song or oh, yeah whole lot of loving whole lot of shaking whole lot of, a shaking. Whole lot of shaking going on is, is that, that jerry the big Lee bopper Lewis? right the big bopper so is like that big bopper or jerry Lee? that's big, big bopper, bopper yeah right? well he died with buddy holly so. he did yeah so that's why i got him mixed up because they're is this another led zeppelin <laughs> uh, stealing from a blues master and putting it like in one of their big songs bopper, the blues master big bopper <laughs> you remember chubby checker you remember the suffering that big bopper went through to write his songs yeah it's time to get to the review one to five golden tacos five being best what would you give the tacos and enchiladas here at rancho grande chris how do, how do they stand up in your uh, memory i gotta give them a five day because i i um i'm having an amazing time with the two of you we had a great night tonight. I I I don't even remember how the food tasted. Everything has been excellent. We've been here four hours. We <laughs> ate the food four hours ago. Dave's on second dinner. Right would would point. you say? So you would say that was a whole lot of enchilada? Absolutely. Okay. Would Absolutely. you ever? Would you like to sometime do a deep dive on Rancho Grande and kind of like where they got started? I'll go into it. You'll I'll do go, one. I'll go deep. On All right. It. Great. Yeah. Great. Can't wait to. Can't wait for that episode, Scott. Uh, what would you give the tacos here at Rancho Grande and the enchiladas? Okay, let's unpack this. Yeah, unpack um, it. Tacos were good. I'd give them a four. Um, little engrossed in the conversation, so I was kind of shoving it in my mouth. But it was it was pretty tasty. The enchilada, the chorizo enchilada, superb. Four four point seven five on the chorizo enchilada. No five. Nobody gets a five. Four point seven five. I think the tostada was great too. I'm up there with you. I'm going four point five overall on all the uh, tacos, tostadas, whole lot of enchilada, guacamole. Oh, we haven't even uh, touched the uh, the. Uh, well, the queso is fantastic. Queso. And, queso. The, and the guac is fantastic. All right. Dave, um, I have a podcast, and we have a segment on the podcast called Hot Seat. This this segment's called Self Indulgent Hot Seat. What's your podcast called? Lost and Found and Rewound. You guys had an amazing, epic three hour episode you released this summer about a road trip you took with the two uh, the two other hosts of the show. Yeah. Can you describe that episode for we, our listeners? We celebrate America's great. We celebrate America's heroes, uh, starting with Steve Albini, uh, then Evil Knievel, then um, Bob Dylan. Then Bruce Springsteen, uh, Rick Digit, and uh, Bruce, uh, sorry, I said uh, Tom Bru Morello. Bruce Hornsby? Not Bruce Hornsby, oh, no. Damn. And, and then Woody, ending with Woody Guthrie. So yeah, it's it's a it's an epic episode. But here's my question for you, Dave. You've heard the new Sun Eaters record. You've heard all the Sun Eaters records. Where do you put it? How do you rank it? 
What are your thoughts? Again, self-indulgent hot seat is the name of this segment. There are some songs on there that are real, as the kids say nowadays, nowadays, bops that they're really they're really catchy. The one album that I have like seared into my brain is the album that we made the film for, Loving Relationships. That was two albums ago. So every one of those songs is very near and dear to my heart. I haven't given the new one as many listens, so I need to find those. Because are we going to do videos for this new album? I hope so. Maybe? Yeah, I hope so. But I love it. Yeah, it's different. You know what it sounds like? It sounds like a lot of your early stuff. Hmm. Like the first album that was all about sons. Did you try to go back to that sound? I guess you were saying you did try to go back to kind of what you Well, actually, I thought we liked. were going back to high school. Oh. I thought we were going back to, like, Scott and I were in a couple bands. Scott was in a band called Crafty Love Lords, my favorite band as a young person. I was in a band called Dead Mush. And Scott's band was like a Descendants, Replacements, kind of uh, Soul Asylum kind of punk band. My band was like a two-man, sort of funny, uh, yet disturbed kind of thing going on with a great musician and a, 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 a weird vocalist. And so we kind of, I think we, my thought was we would go back to what if those two guys were in a band together? What would that album sound like? So even earlier than Sunday Years One. What song should we? So we're gonna about to we're about to go to break. What song should we listen to before we go to break? Is there a song you want to lay down here for our listeners? Sure, pick. Probably when you're gone. When you're gone. Yeah. All right. Let's I take a listen that. to "When You're Gone" by Sun Eaters. Uh, we'll be right back after this break.
right, every week here on the show, I got to check the taco news stories of the week. This is the taco ticker. This is a this is new one that uh, just came across the wire. Fuzzy's Taco Shop, which is the worst taco place we've ever reviewed here on the show. It's a chain. There's a lot of local locations for it. They sold their company $80 million to the parent company of Applebee's and IHOP. Mm. So the parent company of Applebee's and IHOP is adding Mexican food to its menu of holdings. It's called Dine Brands Global. They will acquire the Fort Worth-based Fuzzy's Taco Shop for $80 million in cash. The Glendale, California-based company owns, operates, and franchises more than 3,400 Applebee's and IHOP restaurants. I was going to say, when was the last time you guys went to Applebee's? It was um, two years ago, driving back from uh, Colorado... We, it was in the town that we stopped in. It was the only place to go get drunk. So I ended up in an Applebee's. You're right. Man, that is a lot of bad. It's going to be a lot of bad tacos, a lot of bad. Just $80 a lot million of- dollars worth of bad tacos. <laughs> It was founded near the TCU, uh, this is uh, Fuzzy's Taco Shop, was founded near the TCU campus in 2001. Fuzzy's is a highly franchised, fast, casual chain with 138 restaurants in 18 states. And uh, it's the only place here on the show that has ever made me physically ill after eating the tacos. So you're saying it's not worth $80 million? No. Bad, bad, uh, bad idea. You know, I went to IHOP. There's this IHOP in my neighborhood, and, and there's never anyone there. Parking lot's always empty. I went there the other night. Did you leave your car there? Is you, it a good place to leave your car? You could leave your car there. Okay, good. Well lit. Could um, you sleep in your car there? Oh, yeah. Okay. I'm sure people do that all the time. I was having a hankering for some pie, like a diner. I went into IHOP. No one in the restaurant. And the guy was like, I was like, do you have any, like pie? Can I just have a slice of pie? The guy's like, no, we we don't we don't we don't do that. So then, I so just, you walked out. So I walked out. So that's why there's no people at IHOP. Right. Everyone wants like diner pie, I guess, and they're not getting. They really it at have IHop. like a pie pancake. Right. I should have just. They have a pancake for everything. A dessert pancake. That's mostly right. what they have there is dessert pancakes, yeah. right? But yeah. So have you guys ever eaten? I just. A, I, funny, I just ordered a sopapillas, which essentially are dessert pancakes. Can't wait. Thank you yeah. for yeah. You're that's welcome. delicious. Congratulations. Um, has, have you had fuzzies before? Stay no, away. I'm not going to have fuzzies. Don't don't go there. Sounds like it's pretty good because somebody just spent eighty million dollars <laughs> on it. It sounds pretty good. The uh, CEO of Dine Brands, John Payton, said... Dying Brands? Dine, dine Brands. Oh, I thought it was Dying <laughs> Brands. That's, what, that's who really should Apple have bought Applebee's and IHOP are Dying Brands. Fuzzy's Taco Shop is a compelling business with a loyal customer base and a distinct identity. It is an attractive asset with a tremendous growth trajectory and will be a complimentary addition to our highly franchised portfolio. Yeah, so some like communications major who just graduated college wrote that would you say scott as a communications yeah. major <laughs> it says fuzzy's taco shop is ranked 339th in this year's entrepreneurs franchise 507th among mexican food restaurants in the united well, states I'd like to see that list Seven. wow gotta be more than that where does taco bell fall on that list gotta be one it's always one yeah it's always one rancho grande two Rancho Grande, too, yeah. All right, let's do this uh, This next taco ticker story. Speaking of Taco Bell, they're always in the news. Taco Bell has an answer for Chipotle's most popular menu item. Any ideas on Chipotle's most popular menu item? Rice. Guacamole? Ding, ding, ding. Oh, yeah. Guacamole. Wow. 
the fast food the fast nice. food giant is fixing one of its biggest problems that may cause its chief rival to take notice. Chipotle quietly took over the top spot among Mexican fast food chains. There we go. Well, that's what's that. number that's, one. Congratulations, Chipotle. <laughs> Chipotle. Okay, right on. By using a very different recipe, so to speak, from its chief rival, Yum Brands, Taco Bell. Basically, the newer player in the quick serve fast food, fast casual space decided that prices were not going to be its driving factor. Instead, Chipotle built its menu around the idea of using well-sourced, more natural food. Uh, customers, however, stuck by Chipotle after they had that E. coli scandal back in 2016, and uh, Chipotle increased their safety protocols, but that has allowed the chain to charge higher prices and offer very few deals on their... Yeah, there's never deals at Chipotle, never. But Taco Bell does not enjoy a similar relationship with its, with its customers. One of its key marketing points has been offering a lot of cheap food. Chipotle has also distinguished itself by offering fresh guacamole prepared in its stores, and uh, that has left the company vulnerable to fluctuating avocado prices. Guys, this is a deep dive. Is that okay? Let's do it. All right. Yeah, let's go unpack deep. This. I'm going to I'm like about it. to unpack this uh, story. Taco Bell has never been known for its guac, right? And the company has never claimed to make it in store or really said much about it or what it really is. Now, however, that's going to change as Taco Bell has big plans to up its guacamole game. It used to just be lizards. They just grind up lizards and that was their guacamole. It wasn't even avocado. It was like toothpaste, I think, for a while. Yeah, it was lizard toothpaste. Lizard so, paste. So it says here Taco Bell has used... Allegedly. Yeah, in the past, Taco Bell has used guac as an ingredient but never really focused on it. Now the chain has a new guacamole recipe, and it says it's preparing fresh daily. So Taco Bell's getting into the guacamole game. Thoughts on this? Taco Bell sucks, man. I think it. Yeah, I don't. Taco Bell uh, sucks. No. Hey, mm -hmm. let's let's play a game. So Dave has oh. the hiccups. Oh no, they're gone now. They're gone. Yep. All right. Was that the game? It's, a it's the pocket game. <laughs> like you're getting something. When out Chris of your goes pocket. in his pocket, that gets rid of people's hiccups. <laughs> Let me reach into my pocket real quick, because I know you have the hiccups. Perfect, thank you. Oh, wow, our sopapillas are here. So, Chipotle charges one ninety five to add guac, but uh, it looks like Taco Bell's is going to be pretty close to just a buck. What's the um, Taco Bell breakfast? Is it the breakfast? Uh, crunch wrap? Uh, crunch wrap, yeah. Is, does that have guacamole? Because I know what it has, a hash brown, um, eggs, yogurt. Yogurt? Um, Dutch baby. Uh, what else is in turkey bacon, quinoa, hummus, and... Some Takis. Some Takis. <laughs> I think that's it. And some, uh, um, God, what else do they have in it? Um, Snickers. <laughs> that is delicious. That sounds great. That's the Taco Bell breakfast crunch wrap. Now, will guacamole bring you to Taco Bell, or are you going to still stay away from Taco Bell? No, I'll never eat Taco Bell ever again. Now, wh what would it say about me if I said, yes, guacamole is going <laughs> to bring me back to Taco Bell? What kind of whore am I? Now, Chris, you once told me that I talked about it so much on the show. I talked about Taco Bell so much on the show that I, you actually like went back and tried something, and it, you immediately... Immediately, we're like, I regret, I regret everything. Yeah, it was garbage. I'll never eat it again. <laughs> I might as well be a raccoon. I ate so much garbage that day. Do you remember what you ate that that made you just say Dave garbage? is wrong? Just whatever number one. <laughs> number one is just like they just reach their hand in the garbage can, just shove it in a tortilla, pushed it into my car. I'm sorry that you experienced that. And, and I, then like handed me some sort of Baja blast on top of it. <laughs> 
Well, we got Sopa Pia's here. What's everybody think so far? Your Sopa is awesome. That's a whole lot of Sopa Pia. Yeah. Well, guys, thanks for checking those taco ticker stories with me. I appreciate it. What did we learn from those taco ticker stories? Applebee's, IHOP, Fuzzy's Taco Shop, and Taco Bell are all trash, garbage. Raccoon food. Raccoon food. <laughs> Somebody needs to open a fast food place just called Raccoon Food. It's called 7-Eleven. <laughs> all right. Well, let's take a quick break. We'll be right back. Taco the town, taco the town. Taco the town, taco the town. Now, uh, so far... Who would you say is winning the secret word word challenge? Scott. Scott's doing a good job. Well, isn't no, he? I think he lost because I knew his secret word before me. <laughs> or he knew my Did you know word. his secret word, Scott? I figured it out. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, game's still afoot. Feel free to, you know, piece it in here wherever Feel you want. Feel free to unpack it. Yeah. <laughs> right. Oh, damn. So now I've lost. You got to deep dive on my unpack. <laughs> <laughs> so since you've both done the uh, taco uh, topics questionnaire many times, we're going to do something a little different. I w- oh, sorry. Sorry to interrupt. You, no, said, you said we could go on tangents. Yes. I'm going to just confess to something really embarrassing. Oh, okay. All right. Tonight as we were getting ready to play... There were a couple things that I wanted to make sure that I I did. One is I put a Spindrift shirt on because Riley Bray from the Bigfoot Collectors Club is in the band Spindrift, and I wanted to properly honor Riley. I love that band. That's a by the way, talking about albums. Forget about our record. Go listen to that new Spindrift record. It's fucking amazing. You loved it, right, too? Yeah, it's great. But at some point, I was like, oh, I don't have my cool glasses on. I need to go put my cool glasses on. And I ran upstairs to change my glasses. That's horrible, right? That's just the worst. <laughs> my cool glasses? Come on. Are those the ones you're wearing now? These are the cool glasses. Oh, okay. right, those Do are you pretty, think they're cool? Yeah, they're, they're cool. pretty cool. I'm All glad right. you did that. Yeah. I mean, I just... Well, there was that one time where I got really close <laughs> to your face and filmed your, like, cool glasses. Cool glasses. Yeah. I'm sorry. I just wanted to apologize for saying that. All right. Sorry. Let's play your game now, Dave. After you text some girl who's texting you. Well, I'm glad you changed into your cool glasses. That, that uh... Thanks. That I'm sorry, everybody. So I've got this uh, this little questionnaire here. Uh, I always like to, to kind of ask musicians some music questions. Are you ready for this? This is a little game called Overrated, Underrated, or About Right. I'm okay. gonna I'm gonna name rock bands, rock musicians, singers, songwriters, and you guys just tell me overrated, underrated, or right about where they're supposed to be. And if you you want to tell a story, feel free. I've got about 70 bands to go through here. <laughs> here we go. Hey, they're playing the Eagles. It's underrated. Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, so, oh no, wait. Oh, wait. Oh, sorry. Overrated. overrated. Eagles. Eagles. Overrated. Overrated. Dog shit. Kiss. Underrated. Underrated. Beach Boys. Underrated. Are we supposed to do this fast? Because I'm yeah, just, fast. just right. Just We're right. Good. Just right. Just, just right. about right. Okay. That's good. Pink Floyd. Just right. Just right. Queen. Overrated. Right. Bruce Springsteen and the E Street Band. Overrated. Overrated. Nirvana. Who? Nirvana. Overrated. Nirvana. Yeah. I, Mud I Honey. Overrated. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mud Honey's better. Oh, Mud Honey's way better. Mother Love Bone's better. Rolling. Would you, would you say that? Would you yeah, say, say Mother Love Bone's better than Nirvana? Yeah. I would say that's that. a bold statement. And it's a bold statement. But, I mean, Bleach is way better than any Mother Love Bone album. Yeah. Well, Bleach is the best Nirvana record. Right. But I, I don't know. That's a good question. I mean, Mother so you're Lo- saying Mother Love Bone, Mud because, Honey. So Mother Love Bone underrated, Nirvana yeah. overrated. Right. We're not gonna say one's better than the other because Mother Love Bone. That's a that's a hard. 
Scott was just being kind because I loved Mother Love Bone back in the day. But they were just a hair metal band. Uh, the we should unpack that. Should we unpack it or go deep dive on it? We can deep dive on it. Right. The police. Underrated. Yeah, I, I agree. I think they're underrated. Genesis. About right. Un- underrated. I, so you just mentioned two bands where I think the drummers in those bands, while they're heralded, I don't think people talk about how great... Like, I think Stuart Copeland is the greatest drummer of all time in rock. And I think Phil Collins was just a phenomenal drummer that just sometimes people forget how good of a drummer he was. What about Phil Collins solo? Overrated, underrated, about right. Overrated. Yeah, I would say, I think overrated's accurate. Yeah, I don't know. That's a hard one, Dave. It's like, sorry, guys. That's so There's out so of many control. brilliant moments right. kind of commingled with terrible, shitty moments. Right. He's, it's... It's like, what do you do? Like, if you added together only the good stuff, one of the most phenomenal musicians in the history of music, but then the garbage is so overwhelming, it's hard to say. But on the on the record, I love Phil Collins. I only listen to the good stuff. So he's a great matter. actor too. Great actor. Buster, Speaking of Miami Vice, right? Buster. Buster was good. <laughs> was that your favorite? I always think he was in like the long what was it the the one I always confuse him and Bob Hoskins. Right. Oh, uh, is it? I don't want to say the right. long good. Very Friday. similar heads. Same yeah. head. Yeah. yeah actually, so Michael McMillan, host of Bigfoot Collectors Club, and I wrote a movie called "The Quick Rise and Slow Fate of Phil Collins," starring Bob Hoskins. <laughs> As Phil Collins? You guys wrote no, that movie? As a guy who was friends with Phil Collins. <laughs> because they look so similar and had British Did accents. he play both roles? No, Phil Collins played himself. You okay. know, he's a great actor, as you it's pointed true. out. Well, now all he really can do is act because he's done playing. He can't play right. music anymore, right? Physically. The saddest. I, I watched a YouTube video of him admit that it was the last Genesis concert ever. It was in uh, England. You know, he's from, you know, it was in England somewhere. And then his son, if you watch his son play all those Genesis songs, he plays them to a T. And it's just, I cry. Every time I watch that shit, I just cry. Rick James. Underrated. Underrated. Did, uh did you mention Rick because he lived I lived in the apartment with Rick you and Rick James shared an apartment same apartment building so um, my wife and kids I was working at a a a studio and we were we had an apartment in Oakwood apartments and an old uh, man would come out every so my I'd go to work my wife and kids would go to the pool in Hollywood in Burbank Burbank And an uh, old man would come out every day and greet everybody, my wife, my kids, everybody around the pool. We'd walk around the pool, sit down in the sun for the day and go back to his apartment. Then we found out later that Rick James died in his, quote, Hollywood home. And when they showed his Hollywood home, it was a picture of the Oakwood Apartments. And then they showed a picture of, like, latter day uh, Rick James and my wife said, that's the guy that would greet us every day at the pool. So Whoa. my son, daughter, and wife have met Rick James several times. And he's underrated. underrated. There's a great documentary on Rick James. That's Fantastic. Really? It's out right now. I, something's a bitch. I forget what it's called exactly, but it's he, very good. He's notoriously underrated, right? Because he got... Oh, yeah. Because they held him down to lift Michael and Prince up. Right, because he was right. the one that complained about MTV not playing his music, not playing black artists, yeah. right? Not playing black artists, and they said, "Well, fuck you for for complaining. 
we're going to play Michael and Prince. So he really got the shaft. Totally underrated. Van Morrison. Oh, I hate him. Go ahead, Chris. <laughs> I, I abstain. <laughs> Radiohead. Radiohead's good. Yeah. yeah. The interesting thing about Radiohead is like the albums that most people love are overrated and the albums that most people hate are underrated. Like In Rainbows is, I think, my favorite Radiohead. Yeah, record. me too. Definitely. And it was one of the very few instances. Uh, this is a very bold statement. And so Scott can check me on this. And I'm sorry for even being so egotistical as to say this. He's going to make you unpack it. We're, gonna, we're, gonna unpa- we're about to ready to unpack something. We're going to go deep dive on it and unpack it. <laughs> Scott, I will say for the record, my I have no musical taste. I just listen to whatever Scott tells me to listen to. It's all fucking amazing. I love Scott. Like more like a brother, like a son, like a mother, like a father, like a brother son, like a brother son, like a son. I love Scott, like, like a, a son's brother. brother. Son. I do love him sincerely. Then this is no bullshit. But um, he's he's brought me so much in terms of music, and I always like I don't know anything about music. I just listen to what Scott tells me to. But I do think that I was the one time I ever turned him on to something was I said you should listen to In Rainbows. Is that true? Absolutely, yeah. And I, I cherish that moment. Wow. Very rarely does wow. that happen in our relationship. Otherwise, I'm the dunce, and he's the <laughs> genius. Boston. Underrated. Underrated, absolutely. Underrated. Boston's uh, debut album? It's a effing greatest hits album. It's greatest hits album. You yeah. know, I mean, we've told that story in this podcast before, but uh, let me just, I have a name in my head, and I, here's a game. We have not rehearsed this. Wait, are we doing a game within a game? Game within a game. Yeah, metagame. Scott, right. who is the greatest member of Boston? Sib. That's, that was Sib. the name. Sib. He wins. Scott wins. His afro Sib. was so big. Sib. And you know, in fact, Drummer. I almost uh, bought a house right next to Sib down in Eureka Springs, Arkansas. Really? I was uh, shopping for houses down there. And um, I found one that I really liked and I was speaking to some of the people who lived in the area. And I was told that the person living next door to the house I was interested in used to play drums for a very, very popular band, uh, a band called Boston. And they asked if I had heard of Boston. I said, not only have I heard of Boston, I know exactly who you're talking about. You're talking about Sib. You're it's, talking about Sib. Does his first name have three letters in it? And is that, only is that short for Sibney? Sibney, yes. Yeah. That just it's speaks, Sib Vicious. That just That's speaks to how like sick our relationship is. Like there was no Scott wasn't going to say anything but Sib, and I wasn't going to accept any answer but Sib. We've known each other for a long time. That's what I'm trying to say. Sorry. I've had a I've had a few drinks. I've had um, a few sibs. I've had a few sibs. I've had a few sibs of this drink. I'm going to have a t- take another sib of this <laughs> no, Modelo Negro. The Doors. I don't know. That's a good question. Um, oh, because you like The Doors. You, you're, well, so I, you're I, saying overrated. If you look at The Doors through Scott's eyes, they're good, but like Scott doesn't listen to the typical Doors. Yeah. I don't know about The Doors. I, I kind of go between laughing at them and making fun of them and kind of being really intrigued by what they're doing. You know, it was funny, at one point I was trying to talk some of my friends, some of my friends who were in like sort of hardcore punk rock bands a long time ago into starting a band where they would play uh, songs by the band Fang, this hardcore band out of California, uh, in, in the personage of The Doors. And I was hoping that they would call the band The Dongs. <laughs> 
And they, they were into the idea for a little while, but then they tried to figure out how to play door songs as a fang song, and they've said this idea's going nowhere. But I do like the idea of a band called The Dongs. So there's like yeah. put, put a pin in that one and, and deep dive in and that it, one. The the font is the same as the Doors font. <laughs> yeah, the Dongs. <laughs> so Sunniers will cover Peace Frog. Oh, that's someday. a good song. Yeah. Um, Pearl Jam. Overrated. Oh my god. Did you so? They're like what? One good album? I don't. Know, I shouldn't say that. I don't know any Pearl Jam songs. I could not tell you one. Pearl I like Jam Daughter. Song. I like the song Daughter. It's a good song. So you know, I tried. So when uh, we mentioned Mother Love Bone earlier on this, and when the lead singer of Mother Love Bone, Andrew Wood, died of a heroin overdose, I wrote the band uh, Mother Love Bone a letter and said, I'd like to be your new lead singer. And I got a letter back from Jeff Amet, the bass player. Whoa. And he said, thank you very much for the very nice letter. Because I, I was very like, hey, I know you guys are probably mourning, and I know this is a hard thing to ask, but... I love your band. I would love to be your lead singer. And he said, thank you for the offer. Very gracious letter. Thank you. But we found this guy named Eddie. We really like his stuff. And they sent me a single of Alive on side A and the Beatles, a Beatles cover of I've Got a Feeling on side B. And when I, I listened to that single incessantly, because what a nice thing to do, write me back, send me a single. I was like, that record is going to be amazing. If it's anything like these two songs, it's going to be incredible. And then that record showed up and it was absolutely terrible. <laughs> so I don't think there is a good Pearl Jam record, but there's a couple good Pearl Jam songs. Did you ever write them back and go, you guys made the wrong decision? You should have actually had me audition. I was like, when I heard the single, I realized that I was outdone. But when I heard the album, I was like, you fuckers made a huge mistake. <laughs> I was saying they're pretty cheap just to send you a single. Yeah. Well, send you two songs, man. <laughs> yeah, that's true. All right. This send is me a, a demo tape. Send you a demo tape. Okay, this is a, a single. This is a, hold on. Hot scene whoa, 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 for Scott. Whoa. Hot scene for Let's right. go deep dive. Okay. I want you to answer honestly. <laughs> All right. Would I have been a better lead singer for Pearl Jam? Than Eddie Vedder, <laughs> honestly, and and taking into consideration commercial success. Oh, I, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and also taking into consideration the garbage I was writing at the time. I don't. I think you have too much integrity to put yourself in that position. Oh Allow no, I would have done it in a heart. Okay, then <laughs> we'll unpack that integrity question later. Um, I think he would have been a better lead singer than Eddie Vedder, mainly because like there's a self-righteous streak in Eddie Vedder that is a real turn-off to me. Are you good at climbing stage stuff? <laughs> I'm not. Okay, yeah. So <laughs> I I don't. I Are think, you a good climber? I think I'm a I'm actually a really good climber. I've got great upper body uh, strength, um, but I don't think I would have thought to done that. I would have just sang my self-indulgent garbage and huddled in the middle of the stage. I don't think I would have been a better singer, but okay. I, I love Scott for saying that he thought I would. Yeah. So let's do a little speed round. <laughs> We've got a lot to go through here. They're about to kick us out of the restaurant. Just uh, overrated, underrated, Grateful Dead. About right. Sometimes I hate him. Sometimes I really love him. And sometimes I, I really love to hate him. <laughs> I don't know enough about him. I... I the stuff Scott plays me is great. The Kinks. Underrated. Underrated. Steely Dan. Under overrated. Yeah, fuck, I don't know. 
The Clash. Underrated. Underrated. R.E.M. Underrated. I say that quickly. Oh, overrated. But I, I base that on like the first three records, it nothing on else. What, yeah, like first, yeah. Early R.E.M. is fantastic. They ruined their own reputation. The Who. I don't know. Oh, I've never liked The Who. Overrated, I think. I've never liked them. I don't know what it is about them that I, I, I know I'm supposed to. I'm there, right there with you. There's great Who. I mean, I'm sure, yeah, there's just, good stuff. It's just the. Mature. I mean, that one song they played on the Rock and Roll Circus. That would, that's like their best performance. I like the uh, the sellout record. That's a good record. Yeah, Marianne with the shaky record. hands. Good song. Um, talking Heads. Uh, about, about right. right yeah. yeah. The Cure. Underrated. Underrated. Yeah, I think that's appropriate. Oasis. I don't. I couldn't tell you I, one I fucking abstain. Oasis song. Oh wait, no, no, no. Water, water. No wait, Wonderwall. Waterfall. 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 By Oasis. Did they write, if they wrote, don't go chasing waterfalls. Then For TLC, yeah. Don't yeah. go chasing Wonderwalls, right? Right. Don't go chasing Wonderwalls. That reminds me of the next Sun Eaters album. I think we have a name for the album. It's going to be a, it's going to be a double album, right? Yeah. Yes. Right. Isn't it going to be called the Bedazzled Side of the Moon? <laughs> <laughs> I'm still trying to work. I'm sold. I just haven't sold Scott okay. on it yet. The cover would have these uh, these elderly <laughs> man and woman wearing bedazzled dark side of the moon sweaters, <laughs> which we saw walking out of the uh, concert. Is that, is that how we yeah. got to that? Yeah. I didn't know that. No way. Yeah. What concert? Uh, Roger Waters, right? Roger Waters, yeah. Oh, they had a bedazzled side <laughs> of the moon sweaters. Aerosmith. Ugh. Ugh. Yeah, there's like three versions of Aerosmith. You're a fan of Aerosmith now. Uh, yeah, <laughs> and I'm, I love Aerosmith now. The defunct Aerosmith because Steven Tyler's in rehab. And Steve, the, You love the Steven Tyler that is always falling off the stages. Yeah. Look, Steve, I think you're a phenomenal musician. Please get better. Don't, don't, don't give in to the darkness, don't go, don't go chasing waterfalls. Don't go chasing waterfalls. Don't go, yeah, don't Wonder get near waterfalls. those waterfalls. Your walls. age waterfalls will <laughs> fuck you up, man. Stay away from them. No, I love really Unless they're made of scarves. A waterfall made of scarves. That's like a, <laughs> that's that's like a dream for him. That would, yeah, um, he, that's exactly right. Scarf uh, waterfall. <laughs> that's the name of the new Sunners record, Scarf Waterfall. Scarf Waterfall. <laughs> uh, Def Leppard. Overrated. Yeah. Molly Crew. Ooh. Just right. I think that's just right. Yeah. Wilco. Uh, just, just right. Joe Walsh. Underrated. Underrated. Hardcore underrated. The Ramones. Underrated. I don't, I don't think they get enough credit for how many people heard them for the first time and then started bands after hearing them for the first time. They certainly didn't sell the records that they should have sold. Like every human being on, in the United States should have bought a Ramones record. Uh, and these are the big last couple Guns N' Roses. <laughs> these are the big ones, guys. And these the are ones. the ones. These are the big bands. We so we we as as smart ass and <laughs> as you know, I will say this. Look, we we get a lot of criticism as a band because I think we don't shy away from styles of music that we love and aren't afraid to love. Right. Is that fair to say? That's accurate, yeah. And we loved, we absolutely loved Guns N' Roses. Like, I remember a particular road trip where Lies came out, and we listened to Appetite for Destruction and Lies at massive volumes. 
over and over and over again, despite the obvious horrible lyrics in some of those songs. Well, the thing about Appetite for Destruction when it came out is that it really brought a lot of different groups together. It was a unifying record because the kids I know that were listening to punk rock, they were into it. The kids who were listening to Metallica and metal, they were into it. Um, it just brought a lot of groups together. It was a uniting record that created peace. Uh, and, and I'll stand by it today. I mean, there's absolutely terrible moments on that record, but there's there's a lot of fun. There's a lot of love on that record. You know, a lot of times in the press, people are trying to compare you guys to GNR, yeah. Sun Eaters, GNR, very yeah, similar styles. And I, I love that you guys are trying to embrace that and not shy away from your GNR roots. I think we liked, so When You're Gone, the song that Scott pointed out, I actually, Scott loves the song. What's that? I get up around seven. Mr. Brownstone. <laughs> Mr. Mr. Brownstone, yeah. So I modeled my vocal. Scott probably doesn't know this, but I modeled my vocal on When You're Gone after Mr. Brownstone in honor of Scott's love of that song. I didn't know that. Yeah, that was a tribute. That wow. was my little tribute to Scott on that vocal. So next time you hear that song, you'll hear me singing to you <laughs> but uh yeah you know they're they're a very troublesome band but scott's right just like jane's addiction so we 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 love jane's addiction. underrated right at the same time like we listened to those two bands simultaneously and they're both coming from different directions but doing the same thing they were uniting the metal kids with the punk kids and we're not afraid to like them i guess yeah i'm not afraid to like them i love them all right um final two Beatles? Uh, about right. <laughs> yeah, about right. And Huey Lewis in the news. Underrated. Underrated. Great. You guys Super. did a great job on that. Thanks, Thanks Dave. Well, guys, it's the time of the show, the very end of the show, where I like to read you a random taco question. Random taco question of the week. Throw me out a number between 1 and uh, 97, and I will read you that question. Scott, you want to go first? Uh, 38. All right. Good number. It's a great one. Good number. It's my lucky number. Oh, this this goes back to, to Chris's uh, way of speaking. We've <laughs> talked about this here on the show before. Do you pronounce it salsa with a Z or salsa? Do you go salsa dancing do you, do you ask for some extra salsa or salsa on the side? What do you, where, what's your, how do you pronounce well, it? Well, I've always said salsa, but I actually, now that you say it several times repeatedly, I like salsa. Yeah. I, well, Chris, I, I don't need to answer this question. I say salsa. <laughs> with a Z. Because my mother-in-law pronounces her name Leslie. Right. And I love my mother-in-law. Okay. Deeply. Uh, Chris, uh, throw me out a number between 1 and 96. 52. Oh, shoot. Oh, God. Here we go. <laughs> he doesn't even have it. <laughs> These numbers are bullshit. <laughs> number 52. Mine's only number 51. Here we go. Uh, we talked a couple years ago about a Rose Bowl float being made out of food. If a float was made out of tacos, would you lick it? <laughs> <laughs> a float. When you say a parade we, float. When you say we, do you mean you and I talked about that? Yeah. Well, no, on the show. Oh. It came up on the show. Would you lick a float made out of food? No. Me? Are no. You yeah, me? I'm no. asking you. Yeah. No. Okay. All right. 
I probably Scott, would. You'd probably yeah. like it, yeah. Why? Why not? Yeah, I mean, it's a float made out of tacos. Why right. would you not yeah. go all the way with that? Right. Lick that taco float, right? <laughs> I'd take a bite out of that. Ta- take a I'd, bite out of that. Yeah. Fl- yeah. I would unpack that taco float. It's <laughs> a lot to unpack. I was about to say, like, first of all, I was going to preface the what I was about to say with Matt. Cut this out. And then I was like, "Why do I even bother saying it?" So I'm just don't say I'm it. Gonna You're not even going to say I'm it. Gonna it. <laughs> All right. Well, guys, I'm sorry to say our time here at Rancho Grande, our return to the rancho, is over. It's over not only because the podcast is over, because they're about ready to kick, <laughs> about to kick, out kick us out. It is closing time. Uh, where can people find the album, the new Sun Eaters album? Everywhere. And actually, um, our drummer is insistent on people adding us to their Spotify playlists. And I would suggest my favorite song on the record is a song Scott wrote called Dumb and Chinless. It is the best, absolutely, undeniably the best song on the record. Please uh, put that on your Spotify playlist. Dig it. If you like punk, dig that. If you like things a little more mellow, Man Without a County is great. Add them to your Spotify playlist, please, and help us out. And I think we're going to close the episode out with uh, with Dumb and Chinless. Would that be a Great. good way to close it out? Yeah. Good call. All right, let's do it. Um, let's. But first, do you want us to perform it right now. Oh, yeah. did you guys bring your instruments? <laughs> Please rate, review, and subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and Podbean, and give us a five star review. You can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Taco the Town KC. Thanks to Super Engineer Matt Allen and everyone back at the Taco the Town corporate office. Our music is by Hey Sun Eaters, courtesy of Lotus Pool Records. Be safe out there, everybody, and remember to keep supporting your local neighborhood taco spots. And until next time go eat some tacos This is
Lotus Pod.